Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corm, recording live from our studios right here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, with my executive producer and all-around badass, just complete and total badass, Mr. Uh, uh, you're far too kind. <laughs> I really am. Jonathan Winston. <laughs> I am I'm really too kind. Um, so... <laughs> Welcome back to the show. How you doing, Jay? How's life, man? How's things shaking? Life is good. Uh, let's see what's been going on recently. Uh, I've been doing a lot of doing some good reading. Got a couple books. Um, if you all have ever heard of the author Florence Shin, no. Um, if, if you're looking for like positive affirmations and just uh, better ways to uh, recalibrate your your mental conversations that you're having with yourself in order to be successful, hmm. I would say. I would uh, suggest any works by her because she's been really informative to me. I love that. Thank you. Um, but in general, man, just, uh, you know, just kind of enjoying, just enjoying things, been getting a little bit more active, getting back, playing more basketball, uh, playing against some of these younger cats, man. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I still hold my own. I still hold it down. You still got it. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely that one of those things where it's like, ah, uh, you know, I haven't played in a few months. Ah, uh, you can come back in and you, it's really easy. But now it's like, oh, I got to get my, I got to get a whole ramp up going. So, uh, letting these young guys kind of get me back in shape and yeah, man. still cracking some heads when I can. So it's going good. I love it. I love it. And it's so important to get that mindset stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because it is, especially in the season change for right. me, like it's very difficult to maintain positivity when the weather starts to get gloomy. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a summertime dude. Like I like my convertibles. My, I got a motorcycle. Like I'm really big on that summertime exposure. When the weather changes, I definitely feel a notable lull in my attitude. And that may not seem like it matters on a real estate investment show, but let me tell you as a, you know, a guy who currently has eight deals under construction to do fix and flips on right now, if you get bogged down uh, emotionally in what we do, you start making lesser decisions right. about your, your process. And that translates very quickly into financial loss. Like it happens so quickly. So attitude is super important. I will definitely check out Florence Shin. recommend you all do as well. And I appreciate that. So let's get going. Let's get going. So uh, CNBC is sharing an article this week about China's embattled developer Evergrande is on the brink of default. And here's why it matters. Going on over there. Let's flash back and tell a quick story, though, shall we? There were many years ago. Uh, we had the flashback sound. Where's where that? Is that uh, the? The do that blue one. <laughs> no. What about that? There, ah. we there it is. We actually, you know, we we have a full executive producer team right now, so what you just heard did not actually happen. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> um. Evergrande is a, a large developer. They have $300 billion worth of debt. Now, if you're Joe Schmo investor, the idea of going in billions of dollars worth of debt probably goes beyond your scope of imagination. But way back in the day, there was a company called AIG, and they were fundamentally an insurance company, but they borrowed a lot of money against their insurance assets, and they bought mortgage-backed securities with them. Right. So they, they, all this debt went to mortgage backed securities because the mindset was we're an insurance company. Insurance is pretty stable, right? Mortgages are pretty stable. We don't have anything to worry about. We just make a little money on that mortgage backed security market so we can increase our gains for the insurance. Seemed like a pretty good idea at the time. But we know what happened in 08. 
everything collapsed and AIG was put in a very similar position to what they're describing Evergrande is right now. Okay. They are saying that they're going to default on up to $300 billion worth of debt. And of course, they're in China. So our first instinct is <laughs> why in God's name do I care if some guy in China is defaulting <laughs> on his debt? How does that affect the U.S.? Well, $300 billion has a way of affecting everybody. Okay. Because when they start defaulting on their debt, it forces a lot of time for us to default on some of our debt to other countries as well. And that becomes the the credit lines because of that default. They start pulling back some of the money and going, well, if you're not going to pay us, we're not going to lend more money out here because we're not getting your money back there. And suddenly that dries everything up, okay? And so AIG, when they were starting to fail back in 08, went to the feds and said, you need to bail us out. And the feds said what they should have said, which was, screw you. You guys caused these problems on your own. Why in God's name will we bail you out of that when you knew what you were doing could eventually backfire? And the response was, we're just too big to fail. And they actually did a movie called Too Big to Fail based on what happened there. And, and AIG said, fine, but note this. If we collapse, we're going to take the entire American economy as you know it with us. Yeah. China's saying the same thing right now. Okay, there, th- This bank is saying we're super in debt, but if we, if we go under... We're going to take the Chinese economy and maybe the global economy with us. That's a little frightening, right? Yeah, for sure. So on Monday, about 100 investors are protesting in front of the Evergrande building, and they're doing it in Chinese, but it sounds a little something like this. No, you guys can't do this. It's just the Chinese version of it, and I don't speak Chinese, and I don't want to come across racist. Yes. But I am going to tell you that um, they're protesting, saying, you guys have got to pay these bonds back, these debts that you have. Um, And it basically, they said they're not going to, which is not surprising because they already said they're going to fail, right? Right. And it had an immediate impact on the Chinese market. That was not surprising. What was surprising is how much of an impact it had on the cryptocurrency market, okay? Because at the time when this was defaulting, Bitcoin, which was starting to trade in the $60,000 range, suddenly dropped down to the 40s in a matter of days. Right, And there was this big panic over crypto. And why do we think that is? Well, because a lot of the Chinese assets are being held in cryptocurrency right now. And held is not the right term. Let's call hidden. Okay, that makes sense. Right? So a lot of money was filtered over there. When these defaults were going in, a bunch of guys went, uh-oh, and they sold all their Bitcoin off, and it dropped the price of Bitcoin almost 20% inside of a matter of weeks. Okay? So there's two. Just, just the notion that they might default cause two major economic things, okay? Right right out of the gate, you've got a supply chain of money that that seized up, and then the cryptocurrency market got hit at the same time. So already, this is the notion of it. It hasn't even happened yet, okay? Just the idea, okay? So one of the things the article goes on to say is Evergrande too big to fail. Well, there's such an important real estate developer that it would be a very strong signal if anything happened to it, said Dan Wang, great name, an economist at Hang Seng Bank. Okay. I believe there will be some supporting measures from the central government or even the central bank trying to bail out Evergrande. 
Now, we think we're insulated from this because it's happening in China, when the reality is when one large bank says, I'm not going to pay back these debts, the U.S. banks, I, I swear to you, it's like children on a playground. Well, if they don't have to pay them back, I'm like, why do, why do we have to pay them back? That's not fair. I, I, listen, you mark these words. This is exactly how this is going to They're going to sound just like that, too. Like, right. well, I want a red gummy bear. He got a red gummy bear. <laughs> there's no more left, bro. <laughs> like, there's only blue left. Well, I hate blue, right? We What they're arguing is that this is going to be a giant debt crisis where credit lines will seize up, the market will freeze up, and last time we were the host of said economic collapse. Last time the U.S. started... The economic crisis, but does it have to be us to affect our economy? I know that when it happened to us, it affected everybody else. It so. sure as heck did. It sure as heck did. So the the wise investors are looking at the global economy and going, it may not happen here in the U.S. We may not be the catalyst that starts a global economic collapse, but we are certainly going to be affected by it if it happens. Right. So you got to keep an eye on what's going on in the global markets. And I'll be frank with you. You should be afraid. You should be very, very afraid. I got the right one that time. That's cool, right? That's good. All right. So what can we do about this? Should you panic now, lock yourself in a closet, and wait for the impending doom of the China economic collapse? don't think that'll do any good. It probably isn't going to work anyway, right? So we're not ignoring it. We're aware of it. But by being aware of it, you've already put yourself in a better position. If we start to see failure in the credit market, here will be signs that it's happening. The signs will come from you'll see an interest rate increase locally as they pull back some of the money that's now floating the market. We've already seen one sign where the Fed's announced about a week ago that they were going to stop buying bonds in the marketplace and they cited inflationary concerns but i think what's actually happening is they're going we need to keep some of our money close by if these chinese dudes default we're going to be in a world of hurt and then you're going to see a bailout the chinese government is going to argue just like our government argued back then that they are too big to fail and they're going to print a bunch of money and bail them out but if they keep printing money to bail out screw-ups and we keep printing money to bail out screw-ups how long is does the money have any value at all if you add if you continue to add to the monetary supply not just in one market mind you oh, wow. Because it's bad enough the U.S. is doing trillion-dollar stimulus packages, you know, like every other week now. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm not exaggerating near enough. Right. Okay? They keep doing trillion, $1.9 trillion here, another $1.9 We're doing that over and over again. Now, the Chinese, to keep up, are matching suit. And they're not only going to print their own money to bail these guys out, but to stimulate their economy that's facing political disaster and economic disaster because this large-scale developer is about to default on all their debt. You honestly think this house of cards can hold up forever? Come on now. But Donnie, you said we were going to fail two years ago. I was wrong, bro. Sorry. But China's, China's on the verge, and China will almost certainly. Just the announcement of this, the Dow Jones dropped roughly 8% that day. That day. 
Okay, so the big money guys are watching China very carefully and they are concerned. As a real estate investor, you should be very concerned about what's happening in the Chinese economic market. And obviously, we can't make any investment decisions based on one article written by CNBC, but what we can start doing is planning ahead for a future where the credit lines dry up, foreclosures start back up, economic ruin starts to kick into place because it has to happen at some point, and perhaps, just perhaps, this is the crisis it's going to take to have an impact on the global economy. Just because it ain't us doesn't mean it won't affect us. And so, I know we were talking about this before the show, um, and we've you've mentioned this in uh, previous episodes, um, about how... In, actually, in Colorado, there are a lot of um, Chinese investors buying up property all over you know, the state and uh, land and all sorts of different things. So, I mean, speak to that. Speak to you know, sure. what that's going to do to our economy. Absolutely. So the, the recently, and if you don't remember the show, I'll just kind of recap. We saw that the Chinese bought more raw land in the Colorado market than any other single buyer in the state, including our including locally. Okay, so they, they outpaced local buyers. That was frightening. And it was mostly China. Um, that was buying up a bunch of it. And it's because it was development firms like this one. The Chinese are looking at long-term development. See, they're placing their money economically in the long-term plays, but it's borrowed money. It was never their money to begin with. Right, okay. See what I'm saying? So if they default on that debt, what happens to all this land that was purchased? Well, it goes back to the lender. So the foreclosures don't start in the housing market where they started last time, but rather in the land market. And that normally is not a problem. Land transfers and and changes in price relatively quickly all the time. But in this case, it could be devastating because they severely overpaid for this land all across Colorado. Okay. So now that lands up for sale at foreclosed prices that brings back, that lowers the value of the land of developers who are actually developing that land today. So they get, they're getting less for their land, which means they're getting less for the houses they're putting on that land right? They can't pay their construction workers like they used to. They can't buy as much of supplies like they used to. They start, they start defaulting on their credit lines with our local banks, right? And this thing becomes this giant domino effect that one thing that's on a completely international basis now affects everything else that it touches, okay? Anytime real estate is involved, and let's face it, real estate's involved in everything that we do, okay? A massive default with a real estate developer who bought a bunch of U.S.-based land, a ton of which in Colorado, but just in general, this default could have rippling effects that could last decades. Could this be the economic crisis I've been talking about? I don't know, but it's definitely going to be something. And because we keep insulating ourselves here somewhat intelligently by continuing to print money and and, and keep the economy artificially afloat, um, China's not doing that, at least not currently. Okay. So if their money if their money dries up or they run out of it, they're going to do something. And when there's no more money to print, okay, if you run into the ability to create money and you don't have any money, you start taking over stuff. You start invading. Right? Is a Chinese invent invasion realistic? I mean, not if they like breathing. And I, I feel like our U.S. economy, our U.S. military is going to make could put a quick stop to that. But there's a ton of Chinese people. Right. So if we go to war with anybody, it's generally bad. Right. But going to war with a country as large and and prepared, powerful as China is not going to be good for anybody. Okay. So the, these money, these things start out very often 
as monetary policy discussions, right? We want this. You know, you look back to World War II, a lot of it was disagreements over, over money disputes, right? You owe us this. We, this we're entitled to this land. Well, we, we don't owe you anything. You defaulted. Well, if you're not going to give it to us, we're just going to come take it, right? You're not going to come take it. You walk step foot on my soil, we'll, we'll shoot you. Oh, you think? Right? Enter Germany, right? Th- these, are, these are real disputes that start with not paying your debts, right? And now that China is announcing on a very large scale that they're not going to be able to pay off this debt. And this is a super extreme, right? And I get just like, oh my gosh, Donnie, you're such a conspiracy theorist. I, all I'm telling you is it's, it's a first step in a series of steps that could result in an economic correction that I've been saying was going to happen for two years anyway. So if you expect me to back off of my theory, because it hasn't happened yet. Listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. What am I going to stick to my guns and go, you know what, guys? Real estate market turns out I was wrong. Real estate market's stable. Keep We're going to be good. Mind, you know, well, you'll stop listening. Right. Like, like, there's going to be no purpose for you to listen to the show if I suddenly change my tune. Economic collapse is coming. Real estate correction is coming. We just don't know what or why. So my executive producer and I are out there scouring the internet. And the news for signs that I'm going to be correct because that's what the show is about. <laughs> you got to reaffirm Donnie, guys. You see what I'm this you is all about. Seriously, this is all about promoting my growth. <laughs> Pay attention, man. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, <laughs> in all seriousness, it's bad. It's bad news. The market reacted very poorly to it, and they should have. The mortgage market said we got to raise rates. And, and a part of us here was like, oh, no, raise rates. That could be super bad. The other part of me was like, yeah, if you raise rates, then people will start to panic buy again because they're going to see the rates trickle up from you know the low twos to the early threes, and that could push the market up again. That's actually really good for us as real estate investors if we have panic buying. The last, you know, if you look back to April, May of this year, that was all panic buy. Oh, yeah, for driven, sure. Right? People were like, oh, my God, I got to buy a house now because they're going up so fast. I got to buy, I got to buy, I got to buy. If that happens again, you know, that's actually not really a bad thing for those of us in the industry. Right. The agents did really well during that time. They're still doing pretty great now. The investors, uh, my, my group of investors and my, we did extremely well during that time period. So I'm, I'm looking forward to another round of buying season and a rate increase could cause that, you know, it probably will cause that shooting straight with you. You know, what we're looking for though, is a panic sell-off and that panic sell-off hasn't happened yet. And we don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but we do know that if we continue to see a if China defaults on this, amongst other things, we can definitely see that, and it could be a problem in the long term, okay? So I want you to keep focused on not just your local economy, but rather what's going on in the global marketplace. I want you to know that foreclosure investing, like all investing, requires that you can take a macroeconomic view of the world and know what the right move to make is. Listen, the right time to invest in real estate is always right now. Like even with what's going on, you just got to know which side of that investing you want to be on. Well, I don't want to buy a bunch of houses, Donnie. I'm going to go down in value. Yes, you do, because those people are going to need to rent. Like if, if people for, get foreclosed on, they're going to have to rent somewhere. And if you're a landlord at that time, listen, there was never a happier time to be a landlord than in the 80s. The slumlords that were in the 80s were out driving Ferraris to their 100-unit their complexes in New York going, pay the rent, dog. 
Like you got to pay the, well, I can't afford the rent. Why well, need you to pay the rent or I'll kick you out of the street. Like it was never a better time. And I, nobody wants that. We don't want to see people homeless or, or the slums taking straw, but is there, is it inevitable? Is it going to happen anyway? And if it's going to happen anyway, which side of that equation do you want to be on? The guy looking to find a rental or the guy collecting the rent checks? It is really just a matter of choice. And I choose by not putting my head in the sand like an ostrich and going, no, no, the economy's stable. We're going to be fine. Just keep going. I choose to be one of the informed. And you choose to be one of the informed because you're tuned into this show right now, listening to me tell you that this is a sign that things are happening. What does that mean? I don't know. Interpret it the way you want. But my thought is, unless they bail this company out, we better hold on for an incredible roller coaster to the bottom, and you better be prepared to invest in that prior and during that happening because you don't want to look for that investment money after it's happened. There won't be any. you got to look for it before it's happened. You know, so my encouragement is keep keep an eye on what's going on with the Chinese. And by the way, this is one of three larger developers that are defaulting. Okay, that that that's just the facts here. We we have we have a bunch of Chinese. Other, this is not the only one who's going through a thing right now. There's a couple of them. This is just the one that made the news. Okay, so one $300 billion default could have an impact, but there's several arguably smaller, but just the same multi-billion dollar developers in China who are going to face the exact same problem at the exact same time. It could be real bad, real fast if you don't get out in front of it. So do so, and if you'd like some advice... Well, we can just chat about advice. I'm happy to provide free advice. It's kind of the purpose of the show. But if you really want to know how to adapt to it in your market individually, what should I do in my market? It requires some degree of market analysis, some degree of market strategy, and I'm happy to work with that. That's what I do. So reach out to Jonathan. Set up a time to do a strategy call, and let's see if we can help coach you through what's about to happen right there in your local market so you can maximize your returns during that change. Right? Don't wait till it happens to figure it out. You gotta wait. Till, you gotta figure it out now before it happens because you, you want to be. You're gonna be left holding the bag otherwise and not know what to do next. I certainly hope we can avoid that for you, all of our fine listeners of the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. And that's our show for today. Oh yeah. Thank you for tuning in. We've had an incredible time. Lots of cool stuff coming up next year. We're going to do some more live events. Want to get you guys a part of the Foreclosure Deals Coach community. We're going to be broadcasting, you know, on a larger scale, Try to get more episodes out. It's going to be a great time because I really feel like something's afoot. And, of course, we want to get our listeners there first so we can support you through that process. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, thanking you yet again for tuning into the show and reminding you now now and always, don't buy a house, buy a, a deal. deal.